today we're running at right around 28 individual uh, technology platforms or products uh, that we sell to the market. Everything from, like I said, Simple Church to Fellowship One to Shelby to Easy yep. Tide to Higher Ground Solutions, which is a, a texting uh, kind of email uh, solution uh, to background checks. We, we have yeah. a whole slew of background check providers. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by a new friend, Nathan James. Nathan, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Hey, Nils. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here today. Good, good. Well, Nathan is a part of Ministry Brands, and if you have been in the church technology space uh, at any point, I uh, say church communication space, you're probably familiar with Ministry Brands. Uh, they have been around for many, many years. Uh, and in many ways, I feel like... Uh, have been somewhat faceless uh of i've often never known who's behind ministry brands who who are the people behind ministry brands because they've got a lot of companies and a lot of software technologies that we use and so when i uh heard about nathan and had the opportunity to have him on this podcast i jumped at the opportunity because uh, i'm eager to learn about ministry brands the background uh but nathan before we jump into ministry brands tell us about you who are, who are you what's your what's your background yeah absolutely uh, so, so I, I'm a church guy. Okay, so I went to Liberty University, got a degree in uh, ministry, uh, but was always a bit of a technologist at heart. Uh, taught myself to code at a young age. Worked with the Department of Defense and Homeland Security, kind of uh, in that consulting world for a little while. And so, uh, coming out of Liberty University with a ministry degree, uh, I got hired at my first full-time ministry job as a youth pastor because they said, "Oh, cool, you can build our website." All uh, right. Yep. And so I, I did that. Uh, I was have had the pleasure of working in seven. Uh, churches, either full-time or part-time, everything from your small country Bible church all the way up to Seacoast yep. Church, uh, 15 campuses all the way up and down South Carolina and, and bleeding into North Carolina a bit. Um, and so, yeah, so I've, I've been in the ministry space. I'm a PK, uh, so I grew up in the church space. Uh, my, my father was an executive pastor, et cetera. So that's my passion. I, I mentioned a little bit that I'm a technologist. Um, yeah. And so after working in the church space for a bit, started kind of freelancing and getting back out into uh, working in technology, specifically uh, SaaS-based technology, uh, fintech, and uh, mobile. Um, and so a long, I, I want to say it was 2015, 16, had an opportunity uh, to join a ministry technology company. And it was just this like light bulb moment where I said, look, it's that, that uh, intersection between passion and talent, and I can kind of bring those two together. Uh, so it wasn't ministry brands uh, that I joined at that point. It was a, okay. another software provider, uh, got into the space, uh, was able to work with them for a while, moved on from there to a, a large fintech uh, international kind of group. And then just about a year ago, uh, I got a call from somebody that said, hey, have you ever heard of ministry brands? Uh, and, I, and to be honest, I wasn't looking at going anywhere, um, yeah. but uh, I, I knew ministry brands. I knew them by reputation. I'd met many of the people at conferences and some of my past lives. Uh, I knew, you know, many of the brands, right? Fellowship One yep. and Shelby. I mean, yes. my, my dad used to use Shelby when I was a little yes. kid running around the office back in Texas, actually, uh, at some churches out there uh, near the seminary. And so I uh, said, so yeah, you know, I, I know that company well. I've actually helped implement a lot of their software solutions like Fellowship or Clover, yeah. Easy Tie, yeah. things like that over the years. And so I said, well, it's at least worth a conversation. Um, yes. And uh, I think, Nils, you, you had mentioned uh, ministry brands reputation, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 especially having worked in the space, knew 
their reputation as well. And so I went in a little bit of skepticism and said, all right, well, let yep. me at least hear these guys out and hear yeah. what's going on. Um, and that's where, and listen, I'm like taking, taking your thunder and just telling the whole story. I get so excited. About it. <laughs> Go for it. So, uh, yeah, so, so let's, yeah, keep going, keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we, when we sat down and started talking to them, uh, kind of what we learned, uh, was that a, a new leader, uh, ship team had kind of been brought into place by, by our, our new CEO, Pat, uh, O'Donnell. And he, um, was brought in uh, about two years ago to kind of shake things up a little bit, to re-envision okay. where the organization needed to go, and to kind of lead us through a transition of ownership. And so January of last year, uh, we transitioned ownership to a group that is a little bit more focused on uh, what, what we want to be focused on, which is that that huh. kind of about leadership, kind of church leadership, church partnership, et cetera. Um, since that time, uh, when we brought in the new ownership, the entire leadership team uh, has transitioned out and we brought in new leadership on, on one of those uh, who all really have this heart and passion for for Christ, this heart and passion for ministry. Um, and our goal is, and you mentioned it earlier, Amplify, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But our goal over the past 12 months has been, hey, there's this amazing thing that's been created, right? This conglomeration uh. of a bunch of the best brands historically over the last 40 years. How do we take this and now turn it into what's next for the church from a technology perspective. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm passionate about what I do because yeah. every day I get to help churches. Oh, I love it. I love it. When I can't wait to hear what we're talking about, about you know what's next for churches because there's a lot of different opinions as to what should be next, uh, what will be next, uh, and where a lot of this is going. Um, it's uh, I love hearing your heart and your background too around the church in. And I think one of the things that has often been missing is church people in, you know, it's technology people serving church people have yeah. often not understood. You know, the church is is a unique organization and the functions of the church is is unique. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's often been a misalignment when it comes to technology and the mission of the church. But I think when you can pair the two, of technology at the end of the day is agnostic, uh, but but it, it provides, it's a resource for churches to better accomplish their mission, better accomplish their goals. Uh, so talk about what ministry brands is a conglomerate of, of brands, you know, so there's there's a lot of different technologies involved in in what ministry brands is. So can you talk about what, what all is, you know, under the, you know, scope of ministry brands? Yeah, so it, it's pretty wide. Um, okay, so we uh, over the the past uh, couple of decades uh, have have uh, brought together fifty two different companies um, wow. and figured out how to combine a lot of the best in uh, class technologies together. T today we're running at right around twenty eight individual uh, technology platforms or products uh, that we sell to the market. Everything from, like I said, Simple Church to Fellowship One to Shelby to Easy yep. Tide. The higher brown solutions, which is a, a texting uh, kind of email uh, solution uh, to background checks. We, we have yeah. a whole slew of background check providers, et cetera. Um, and so we, we brought all those together. And, and historically, kind of the strategy was how do we bring the best and the, the best together and learn from each yeah. other, which, which was a good yeah. strategy. It got us here, but it's not going to get us where we want to go. Um, and yeah. so, you know, ministry brands historically has been known exactly as you said, as a kind of a, a conglomeration of a bunch of different companies and brands, that's yep. no longer the case. 
Um, as of uh, now, as of January 15th, we've launched the first step in our new vision mission, which is this ministry brands amplified. Uh, for anybody huh. who knew ministry brands historically, uh, knows that we were green. Uh, our logo had this kind of, you know, leafy characteristic in it. Yep. All that's changed. We've launched a Whoa. new visual identity. We've re kind of established oh. and centered in on our mission as a com company, which is really to, to help our, our 750 employees who are all very passionate about serving the local church, help them make their passion actionable by helping build software and technology tools to uh, empower purpose-driven organizations. And, and yes, that does go beyond churches because we help a lot of nonprofits as well. Uh, we, we are yeah. really focusing on the faith-based organizations that are trying to do good across the nation. And so where, where do we go from here, right? In Amplify, yeah. we brought together a, a couple, the first step, uh, a couple yeah. of our products, specifically um, our CHMSs, um, our oh. giving and our mobile apps together are now in Amplify as an all-in-one solution. Uh, within the next 45 days, we're going to be launching, and, and I want to talk about this, so bring me back to this. We're going to be launching yeah. the best website solution that anybody has ever seen inside of the church industry or outside of the church industry. We'll talk about that. We're going to be launching that. We're going to be launching streaming into the Amplify platform. We're going to be launching a brand new uh, rebuilt uh, uh, content marketplace with new search technology into the content marketplace. And then over the next 24 months, we're going to be bringing all 28 of our brands into this one all-in-one church management solution. Um, and then there's more, right? So that's the first step is, hey, let's not be a series of brands. Let's be one big thing. And then yep. while doing that, let's focus on innovation. Let's focus mm -hmm. on building what's next for the church to fill the needs that nobody's meeting today. So we dive into some of that as well. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of things there. So so one of the just points of confusion has been, why, why are there multiple, like, should we choose Shelby or F1? Or should we, you know, uh, and so so what I'm hearing is, is it's basically going to just be one thing. There's just Amplify. And is, can you kind of pick and shoot, like say you use Resi for live streaming, can you still use that? Or is it like you've got to use all things Amplify as you move into this ecosystem? Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So so one, this isn't a new strategy. Uh, it is the, the, the finalization of the strategy. But for the yeah. last several years, Ministry Brands has been... Uh, migrating a lot of their legacy platforms into more modern platforms just under different names. Um, and yep. so some of the time uh, in some of our brands, the, the most modern platforms are actually the same code base just under different names. Um, uh -huh. And so as we're bringing them into Amplify, there's there's no transition for our customers. Uh, there's no jarring, hey, it's a new system. It looks different. It works different. It's actually the same systems that they know and love with better integration, single sign-on, single user management, cross-module analytics, things like that. You know, the, the things yes. that really make it uh, work well, uh, but we're just bringing those, you know, together, uh, right? Uh, but yeah, we we have, a, as a company, I actually just got off uh, a call uh, 30 minutes ago with, with our CTO talking about this very specific strategy. We, as, um, as a company, have made a strategic call not to be a closed environment, right? Uh, if you think about it in the tech world, you have Apple, yeah. which is a little yes. bit of a closed environment. You got to have everything yes. Apple or Google, yes. which is a little bit like yes. we play nicely with everybody. Uh, yes. we, we have made a strategic decision to play nicely with everybody. Okay. So yes, the, the, the plan is to uh, open up our APIs, to continue to work. We have a lot of those integrations today, uh, but we want to keep it investing in this, right? Uh, 
bring Resi if you want, bring Pushpay if you want, bring yeah. some of these others with you, that's fine. We have some really unique solutions that are best in class, uh, not only best in suite, but truly best in class. And we're building more that are gonna be uh, truly unique in the industry. And so, yeah, if you wanna use us for what we're great at and use somebody else because you, you're already there, that's fine. Uh, I'll tell you all day long, I think ours are better, but you know, hey, that's my job. Uh, but yes. yeah, we want to play nicely because at the end of the day, it's not about ministry brands, or at least it uh, shouldn't be. It should really be about the big C church. And that's that's yes. the that's the vision that we want to pursue. Yeah, I love that. I, I think, I mean, just being a uh, uh, technology guy and, and being in that ministry space as I've seen, and I think a lot of the your competitors uh, have created closed uh, uh, environments that you kind of have to use all their products or you know, it, it creates complexities uh, because they don't play well with others. And, uh, and I, you know, and I, uh, I still remember, and, and I dealt with this issue in, you know, before fellowship one was with ministry brands, but I remember it didn't play nice with others, uh, yep. and, and with some of our technology systems. And, um, and it was really frustrating because we had to create all these workarounds and, um, and kind of, you know, cause it just wasn't going to integrate uh, seamlessly. And so I love that you're approaching it. Uh, to give freedom and and really give control uh, to churches with that and and I think naturally uh, your own products are going to integrate most naturally uh, but when you can and I see this a lot of database systems of like there's points where like Mailchimp just works better than whatever email system is built into a lot of the systems and so if you, you can integrate yeah. those tools uh, it can be a good thing um, and you have options I think one of the keys. Uh, that I think that that I love for churches to have are options. I want to hear. Uh, there's so many questions I want to hear because um, I, I want to get. I'm curious about the website offering uh, that you're moving yeah. into uh, and what a content marketplace is. But let's talk about innovation. Let's talk about philosophical strategy and what ministry brands is not known for. From my experience, is innovation. You know, they're known for acquisition. Um, yeah. And so I would love to hear. How is how is ministry brands how how are you prioritizing innovation into the future and what do you, what's that process internally? Yeah, that's a, it's a really solid question, um, and and just that's my heartbeat. Uh, wh whether it's good or bad, sometimes I go too far, but I, I'm an yes. innovation guy. That's what I love. Uh, and when they brought me in, that was one of the things that I really wanted to make sure that I vetted out before uh, I, yeah. I, I decided to join ministry brands. Was what, what's your appetite for innovation? Um, and our new leadership, our, our CEO, uh, his theory is, hey, um, we need to be innovating all of the time. Uh, we, we keep metrics just like any business to say, hey, how much are we you know, innovating and how much are we doing? Keep the lights on work or, or you know, tech debt. Um, and for the, the last three quarters, we've been leveraged up between 75 and 80 percent of every hour that we put in uh, across our, our large R&D uh, group has been on brand new innovative features, et cetera. That is a huge shift from where ministry brands has been historically. Uh, you, you asked a question of what does that look like on the inside? So, so let, yes. let me just pull back the curtain and explain, okay? Um, in the world of ministry brands, where everything was its own brand, every okay. brand had its own R&D team. They had its own product manager. Some of them had designers. Yep. And then they all operated individually. Uh, when I got here, I had the opportunity to bring them all together and say, we're going to be one team now. And it was amazing uh -huh. to see people, uh, it, and I'm not, it, specifically the products team, we brought them together and we had people say, hey guys, I, I haven't met most of you before. I've been here three, four, five years. It's nice to meet you. And it's just because we're a large organization and everybody's kind of working yep. in their own area. 
as of last April, we have unified the, the product team. We unified the R&D team. We now have 20 teams that are working as one group versus a bunch of disparate groups. And we are highly focused and in tune on figuring out what is going to move the needle for churches and how are we going to, to innovate and bring new things to the market. And a lot of that started with the mindset shift, right? Uh, you, you use uh, the term church database. I want to lean in on that for a second. Um, yes. Church databases, man, they've been around 40 years, going on 50 yep. years now. They started back with DOS, okay? Like a long time ago, yep. how do we just keep a Rolodex of people? Um, yep. Today, there are still a lot of systems that are just a list of people. Um, yes. The, the, the challenge that we've laid out for our team is to say, let's reimagine what a CHMS, a, a church management system is. Let's go beyond huh. the idea of a list of people and what it all of these technologies that all of these providers provide put together, that's the new CHMS. So what if your hey. website was actually part of your CHMS and your streaming was part of your CHMS and your giving was part of your CHMS and your kids curriculum was part of your CHMS? What about your worship videos that you're recording for tutorials? What if uh -huh. those are part of your CHMS? What if this holistic church management system was kind of the new CHMS? And that that's what we're uh -huh. envisioning with the new product that we launched in January called Amplify. So it's not about just saying, let's take different systems and put them together with some sort of uh, like single sign-on, right? Instead, yep. it's about how do we re-architect these systems so they come together as one product, one system well, that fully integrates, fully works. Yeah, we're going to play nice with outsiders uh, and other systems, no doubt. But inside of our ecosystem, the CHMS is no longer a database. It's now all of the tools that our churches use to do ministry. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, let's let's talk about uh, I, I, and one of the things I saw in the Amplify is that a priority of mobile. Uh, so let's uh, from an innovation standpoint, where, where what do you see? And there's the debate in the church space of mobile to app or not to app. Uh, it's yeah. kind of the question of like, should churches have apps? Should they not have apps? What's what's minister brands approach to to apps? Yeah, so the, the future's in mobile. Okay, so let, let me, let me yep. start by putting a, a flag in the ground. Okay, the future's in yes. mobile. Everybody likes to use their mobile devices. There's no doubt about it. We we have lots yes. of data on the, the, the back end uh, on our systems. Uh, we have 90,000 churches using our systems, so we get lots of data. Uh, we also do yeah. a lot of market research. And so from a from an our data perspective, we see that 45% of church admins are accessing our systems through mobile devices. So yeah, we uh -huh. need to make sure that uh, all of our systems are, are mobile friendly for our, our staff or what we like to call church ops, right? Our church operations yep. group, the people that are needing to get in and see people, uh, you know, find profiles, set up events, uh, uh, schedule volunteers, all of that. stuff. So yeah, there, there's a mobile piece there that we're uh, uh, working on. Just like we have a, a you know, Amplify uh, on the desktop, we have an Amplify mobile. That's all of your church ops functionality. There's another side of mobile though, which is the congregant side of mobile, which is really yep. interesting, right? And I think that's maybe where you you were leaning in on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got market data the other day that said for for mid-level givers, okay, donors across the United States that would be classified as mid-level, that's above like $1,500 a year in donations, um, that 57% of those uh, prefer to donate uh, uh, online through a website. And yep. only 16% prefer to donate through the app. And and, and obviously, oh. as you get up in age, the numbers drop uh, when it comes to the app. But even today, yes, people want to be able to give in a plate uh, or app church, but a lot of people want to go to the website and easily click it. But very few yes. people have said, hey, I'm going to convert 
to an actual, you know, mobile application that then that's going to become my primary use of giving. And, and here, yes. here's the reason why we, we've done some research on this. We looked into it and there's one of my product managers made this statement to me that just kind of stuck. He said, my church has an app. This is one of my product managers. Okay. He said, my church has an app and I didn't download it because it's not useful. Huh. And, yeah. and that's the thing that I would ask churches is I would say, when was the last time that uh, your congregants visited your website? When is the last time that your, your congregants downloaded an app or visited well, it? And the answer is when you're looking for a church, you look at the websites. When you're yeah. first showing up at a church, you download the app. But if there's not relevant ministry content pushed in real time and updated all the time, then it becomes less yeah. valuable and people don't use it. Yes. So I don't think that that 16% is because they don't like apps. Of course, they have mobile yes. phones, probably smartphones, they're using it. I just think yep. as church industry, we have not necessarily figured out how to provide value to customers in that. So I'm going to take that opportunity to segue over into the the, the most yeah. the, uh, website piece, if you don't mind for just a second. Yeah, please. So we have a code name. Okay, I'll, I'll let you, again, pull back the curtain for you. We have a code yeah. name we call Project Mando. What it means is many applications narrowed down into one. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, this idea of what if we, we have a bunch of website solutions. We, we have Clover. We have uh, Ecclesia 365, we have ShareFaith uh, websites, we, we yep. have others. Um, and with that, what what is, what's the most valuable thing in all of those? And the answer is not the website. You can go anywhere to get a website. The answer is yep. making those websites valuable, just like the mobile, right? How yep. do we push your events in real time? How do we get all of your giving syncing in real time? How do we uh, push your sermons in real time? How do we do these things that provide real-time ministry content to your congregants? Uh -huh. So that it makes it valuable enough that they want to go. And then we can talk about, you know, okay, great. Now that they're there, we can engage them in other ways. Cool. Yep. Uh, but it starts with making those items not static, but live and updated in real time without extra effort. Instead of logging wow. into Squarespace and having to add an event, what if when you added it in worshipplanning.com or in your CHMS, it automatically appears, right? Yeah. Uh, that, yep. That's what we've been building. That's what's rolling out in kind of the next 45 days. And then right after we launch it on some of the websites, we're tying some of that functionality into the mobile as well. Uh, some of it's there, oh. and we're going to be continuing to expand that by building that on top of our Mando platform. Um, and that's going to basically be our content distribution network so that all of our systems continuously receive uh, this feed of real-time ministry content that's generated through your other systems. Now, here, oh. here's the interesting piece on the websites. And this is why I was telling you it, it's it's going to be the best in class. Okay. Um, we, we have some options when we said, let's yes. not have a bazillion websites. Um, instead, we said, what if we kept those options, but we made them uh -huh. one option? So imagine this. Ima imagine we, we've kind of chosen our, our three biggest platforms. We've chosen Clover sites. We've chosen ShareFaith websites, which is a, a WordPress-based platform. And okay. we've chosen yep. our E360 sites, which is a little bit more on the custom side. We said, what yep. if we still allowed all three of those options, a, a little bit more like a Wix option, a WordPress option, and a custom option. And as a user in Amplify, what if you could just say, I want a website, and then you could have any of the three, or you could have multiple, oh. or yep. you could pay for an E360 custom website for your church, and then your youth pastor could say, but I want a cool website too. And they want to do it on WordPress. And then your children's pastor says, well, hey, yep. I want one. And I just want drag and drop like Wix. And they can use the Clover platform. So we've tied all of that together. We've built it on top of this Mando platform. So all of the content flows into those. 
can be filtered or distributed however you want it, but you have the option to have as many websites as you want and to to uh, huh. migrate from one website to the next to the next uh, based on the maturity of your church, based on the maturity of your technical capabilities and skill sets, but all huh. of the valuable stuff, your content continues to stream to all of those in real time. So that's what we're trying to build, trying to make it unique and trying to make it valuable. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. There, uh, I, you know, I, I gotta just say, you know, and I, I've got so many questions I still would ask, but you know, one of the things it, it is so inspiring to me to hear you just in, and your excitement, uh, for, for how you're going to serve the church, because I, I, I do think that, that a lot of people have, have had, you know, negative experiences with ministry brands, the years or, or negative perceptions and, and me being one of them and you, you know, I think even being one of them, as you shared so transparently and, and to hear that, that, you know, that desire for innovation. And I think even you're showing like, we're not just talking about innovation where this is actually how we're applying it to these products in this way. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, what, what happens is, and we've had, you know, Tidely and Pushpay and Secure Give and, you know, others on, on this podcast. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, like, it's good that there are lots of people serving the church and what what is possible today is that, that churches have good options um and and i think ministry brands and wh what's clear to me in this conversation is that uh you're providing a, a really excellent option that isn't going to be stale uh but that is going to continue to improving it better so i just i i love that and so i wanted to pause and just uh you know compliment you on on the work uh, that you're doing and the approach that you're taking um so so i you know i think understanding even how all of this fits together uh i you know there's two two questions that i have one yeah. because this is a social media church podcast how does how does ministry brands even and maybe even you personally how do you see social media fitting into a church's strategy and does it integrate at all with their database systems or what technology should overlap uh because a lot of times what we talk about is kind of or, or what you know, I, I run, I, and I love the name Amplify. I run a social media marketing agency called Amplify Social Media, um, and and so we have a name in common. But 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 I think practically, it's your rented audience on social media versus your owned audience uh, with your database. Uh, but how do you approach that, and what uh, is there any kind of integration with social uh, with the ministry brands kind of technology infrastructure? Now you get me excited. All right, so let's let's talk about this. So. One of the things uh, that we did when, when I first got here is we, we took a huge step back, right? And we said, yep. Let, let's understand versus just saying, hey, here's a cool new technology, what's possible? Well, you know, and that's part yep. of our job. But we took a huge step back and said, let's understand the personas and, and uh, really break apart the needs of the church. Let's figure out where we're winning and where we're not. So that way we know where to go, right? Uh, and yeah. to kind of break that down um, and, and explain it in a short period of time, this was multiple weeks of whiteboarding sessions and strategy sessions, but to, to break it down, essentially, we, we think of it like this. We we did a lot of research on churches and, and kind of uh, built out this whole table that shows that 98% of uh, churches have less than 1,000 uh, congregants, right? It's only 2% yep. of churches that have over 1,000 congregants. Now, uh -huh. that 2%, has 24% of the total congregants in the United States. Okay, so disproportionate. Lots of people go yep. to the big ones, not as many on the uh, on the smaller ones, but still the majority of yep. churches are under that thousand, kind of what we call TWA or typical weekly attendance. Yep. Right? 
So yep. then we said, okay, so let's map this out a little bit. Let's understand what the people are, the staff members of the church at the different sizes. Okay. And it all yep. obviously always starts with a senior pastor. And then uh, yep. I, I love to tell this story because I'm a bit of a worship guy myself. So starts with the senior pastor. And then he says, hey, I need a cool guy to, to bring in more people. So <laughs> the next hire yep. is the worship guy, right? And then yep. they quickly realize, hey, we're not organized. So they hire a secretary yep. or an administrative assistant, yep. right? And then yep. they say, hey, we need younger families. So then you hire a children's pastor. And then they say, well, now yep. we need that next group of families. So you hire a youth pastor. Yep. And then suddenly yep. this group of people look around and say, hey, we don't have a lot of business experience uh, in our staff. Yep. So that's when you hire yep. an executive pastor, an administrative yep. pastor, a true like business admin, right? From, yep. from there on, it gets into more of the uh, associate pastor roles or the technical yep. roles, like a creative director or you know uh, a graphic designer whatever right but yeah that first grouping of people uh when, when we look at those and and we look at those as as users and the users uh, like what they need we started mapping all of our products to those users and we realized yeah. that most of our products and, and not just at ministry brands but across the technology industry is targeted at what i call church ops which is that business hmm. professional who comes in and says hey let's let's organize church a little bit you know more yeah. you know, from a professional perspective Sure, everybody uses this piece or that piece, but that's really where a lot of the software industry has gone, right? When you think giving, yep. when you think database management or CHMSs, when you think a lot of that stuff, it's about church ops, okay? Yeah. But every day when a church staff member wakes up and goes into the office, what are they thinking about? They're not thinking about uh -huh. what they're doing that day or the church operations that need to happen that day. They're thinking about the service that's coming up, whether that's Saturday night or yep. Sunday morning or Sunday night, they're thinking, how do I prepare for this next thing, right? And so what we started doing yes. is we started breaking this use case down into three buckets. You have church ops, then you have pastoral staff, and then you have yeah. what I would call congregants, right? And these are members, right? You have these kind of three buckets. And we said, hey, how do we start strategically going after the needs of pastoral staff and the needs of congregants, you know, uh, not just the needs of kind of church ops, which we do really well today. Yeah. Um, some of that's, you know, worshipplanning.com. Some of that is live streaming. Yep. Some of that websites, a piece of all that. But I still don't think that we we had nailed it. So we sat down and said, okay, let's look at a, a traditional funnel. How do we get people into the church? And then how do we help them grow in their faith journey? Okay. And we, yeah. we, we looked at all the models. I mean, there are hundreds of them out there, right? There's the whole target yep. where you're getting people into the core. There's the whole cross where you're moving them up and out. There's, you know, the yep. ladder methodology. There's all sorts of methodologies out there. Uh, yep. But really what we nailed it or leaned in on is they're all the same, which is somehow we need to tell people about our church, tell people in the community yes. that we're here to serve them, that we're here yes. to, to help them, that we're here to be the, the light in the darkness, right? So somehow we got to attract people and tell them about our message and how, how we want to serve and help them. And then once they do come in, then we've got to engage with them, reward them, encourage them to come back at their time. And, and then through our data, we've learned that once somebody comes three times, now they're ready to get plugged in. So there's a whole slew yep. of ways the pastoral staff wants to plug you in, whether that's yep. giving or small group or Sunday school uh, attendance, whether that's serving, whether that's a secondary event, whatever, there's those pieces. So yep. then we took a step back and said, okay, now we understand the buying personas. Now we understand what they're trying to do. Get people in and then help them grow their faith. How do we build software that enables that? Okay. And, uh -huh. I, and I know long way of telling a story to get back to your point, which is how do we leverage social media? 
But the reality yeah. is, is that churches are the largest content creator, in my opinion, in all of America. There's this whole huh. trend about influencers out there today, right? Yeah. You know, hey, let's all become an influencer. And, and my my eight-year-old told me the other day, dad, I might want to become an influencer. And I said, that's a cool job opportunity. I didn't realize yeah. that thing when I was your age, but cool. <laughs> uh, yep. but, but with that, um, way before influencers were a thing, churches were creating content. Churches yes. are notoriously bad for recording, splicing, and then distributing that content in a way yep. that is consumable, which is what social media does. So that, yep. that's where we're headed. And, and without kind of revealing too much, um, and that hopefully shows some of the thinking behind it, but really what we're focused in on next is figuring out how do we build tools that help uh, track uh, uh, member engagement or growth? How do we help people grow in their faith as connected to a, a body of believers? And then also, how do we help leverage the content churches are already creating and shoot it out through automation, through things like chat GPT, uh, through, you know, yeah. single button clicks that aren't writing content for the pastors that aren't, yep. uh, you know, auto generating everything, but they are maybe auto splicing the sermons that are already created, yeah. the blog yeah. posts that are already written or all of these things that are, you know, the worship songs that are written. How do we create tools that get that out into the community? And social media yes. is perfect mechanism for that. We just believe the church, especially in those smaller churches, the 98% that don't have a communications director may not be great at that. So why, yes. why can't we help them get their message out to their community? I love that. I love that. Uh, and yeah, and I think that's foundationally. And, and it's a social media is not a replacement for your church website or your database. It is a tool and it's a front door. Uh, and I think this is where I think this conversation is so important is we talk a lot about the front door, the social media, but I think we need to move them, people too, in, into discipleship and into their deepest level of engagement with our churches. And a lot of that comes with knowing their name, knowing yeah. things about them so that we can follow up on their birthdays, on their anniversaries, on you know certain key milestones. And that's the purpose of a lot of this technology to help move people uh, it deeper in their faith and in their engagement with our churches. Um, I want to I want to talk data uh, uh, for a minute, yeah. um, and and I think two sides of data. One of the, one of the things I often hear uh, is uh, at a Dunham and Company where I do a lot of work. We we work with churches, uh, and and we also work with a lot of just general nonprofits. But we talk about dirty data. Sometimes we get their data, and it's just not clean. We can't use it. What are some just churches that are using your technology well? What are some good best practices, and what are some big mistakes the churches are making? When they when they approach data, yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, a, a database management system or a CHMS, CRM, whatever term yep. you want to use, is only as good as the data that you put in, right? Yes. Uh, so you know it's critical to have policies and procedures, uh, or even just a subject matter expert on your team who owns that data quality, right? If everybody's yep. putting things in and there's no cleaning or there's no management of it, then that data gets really dirty really fast. You end up with a database with a whole bunch of first names and no last names, right? Or you huh. end up with a database that has no yep. birth dates. And suddenly you realize, hey, I need to send out birthday cards and I missed the opportunity. And so it's yes. it's about strategically thinking through what are those connection points that I'm going to use my software for? If it's to send out yep. birthday cards so that way you have that connection, then you probably should be collecting birthdays. Uh, if it's about yep. making sure that you know people's first name, last name, and title, and in many denominations, the title is critically important uh, to uh -huh. you know individuals. Um, and so, making sure that you that you have that, making sure 
you understand how all that data is connected, like like in a family unit, right? Um, yes. Especially in today's world, uh, it it can be a mess uh, from a data perspective because there are you know mixed families, and when you have mixed yes. families and mixed families of mixed families, the the data yep. connections are critically important. And so that that's one of the the things that we've spent a lot of time on uh, from our, our our people modules in Amplify is really making sure that we have the systems in place so that uh, with the appropriate policies. You can go through and kind of manage that. You can set up uh, interactions. You were talking a moment ago about it's not enough just to have the data, but now you need yep. actionable data, right? You need to know that, yeah. hey, this person signed up every week for every every uh, semester for a small group and then suddenly didn't. Let me reach out. This person has given yeah. consistently every month for five years and suddenly didn't. Let me reach out. Th those things. Yeah. So leveraging that data to become actionable starts a lot with those policies and procedures. And so- whether that's yeah. how you take a visitor card and, and when you enter yep. that in, or whether that's somebody who's following up with them, meeting them in person, getting to know their name, they're putting in their data, whatever that looks like, we can't excuse the personable uh, aspect of that, right? Uh, somebody uh, who's managing that. Um, from a, a dirty data perspective, I think the biggest thing that we can do or any software provider can do, make sure that those integrations are in place. Yeah. When data is yes. coming in from one system, whether it's inside of our environment or whether it's you know somebody else that we've integrated with, we got to make sure that we have all those algorithms finely tuned so that way that data matches up perfectly and it just yes. works. It's seamless. So yes. that's yeah, that's definitely something that we are highly focused on building out. I think we're actually launching a new algorithm uh, for some donor matching capabilities in the next week. Yeah. I got an email this nice. morning and said, "Hey, when when is this coming out?" A customer was asking, and it's exactly yeah. that. Right? It's very important, very valuable for our customers. That's awesome. That's awesome. What and I, uh, uh, I've got one got one more question that I want to just open it up to you. If there's anything else you want to share, but but I, you know, my my brother in law is a uh, data scientist for Exxon, and and he's all about Tableau oh, uh, yeah. data visualization. And I remember one of my first times visiting uh, Life Church in Oklahoma City, <laughs> and they took me to their big, you know, kind of. I don't know what you call it, but they got this room with all these screens on it and it has all their data, you know, I said their data, their data visualized uh, as to then, and you know, driving a lot of their decision-making. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Greenwald saying, you know, we, we believe that data should have a seat at the table in our decision-making and it's not the final decision, but it's part of our decision-making. Uh, and they prioritize having good data and visualizing it in a way so that their leadership teams can then make effective decisions based on data. Uh, I'm curious, what is what is Ministry Brands? How how are you approaching data visualization? And and I think it is one of the gaps that pastors have had because they often will look at a spreadsheet and try to understand, or they'll look at, you know, they'll yeah. make guesses. I often hear like, well, I feel like this is what's happening, um, and it feels like the service is more full. But but at the end of the day, we often have that data. We just don't know how to look at it. How, how are, what, what are, I think, I guess, practically, what are you doing and what are you maybe envisioning for the future of data visualization to help ministry leaders make better decisions based on their data? I love it. I love it. So, so I'm going to uh, hit on what we're doing with data real quick. And then I'm going to spend yep. most of the time talking about what we're going to do to enable our pastors to use that data in new ways. Okay. Love it. So what we're Love doing it. with data is, is, is uh, in, in product management, we should be living and dying by the data. Um, you know, huh. I love talking to customers and that is data, right? That's data points, but we need yeah. more than that. We have 90,000 customers across our portfolio of, of people using our software on a daily basis. We have millions yeah. of users in our software every single day. 
and and not understanding what they're doing uh, is is a travesty, right? And so it's one of the things yeah. that we started implementing. I think uh, we got it fully installed uh, in Q3 of last year, so about six months ago. We're just now starting to get to, to see really, really good data from it. Uh, we put in what we call a behavioral analytics tool, okay? Uh, we used to have like yep. Google Analytics, but this is a much uh, more robust uh, one that gets all of the data about what's being used, what's not, huh. uh, and helps us make yep. decisions. So a couple of interesting things. Uh, number one, wh what is everybody using in our system? It's the people profiles, right? People go there to yes. find information about people. Not a huge surprise, yep. uh, but it should it yep. validate. Um, you know, another uh, thing that we've learned from this is uh, that the second most used functionality is reports. And I'm not talking a little bit most used. Like there was a huge gap between reports and the next most used feature. And why is that? Uh, it's because that's why people go to a database management system in the first place or CHMS. Yeah. They want to utilize technology to understand their members, to understand what's going on. Yeah. And so just like we've done that on our side to say, hey, reports are incredibly valuable. The data visualization is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Now we're being able to take that insight and go and invest in it. Uh, I was actually on a call oh. earlier this week, three calls, in fact, earlier this week, uh, strategizing about uh, how we take some of that stuff we talked about with interactions and turn that yes. into uh, actionable data visualizations, right? So how yep. do we, at a, at a member level or a congregate level, help the pastor in real time through through even a little bit of AI maybe or artificial intelligence, uh -huh. help our pastoral staff minister to congregants? And it's not going to do the ministering for them, but what if it could tell them, hey, this this uh, static uh, behavior of a congregate has suddenly deviated from the norm, right? They normally do this yep. and they stopped doing this. Well, here's a visualization. Here's somebody you should call it and, and lean it on. Uh, really uh, important story, just real quick, uh, that a pastor told me the other day. He said, uh, I remember calling up this uh, congregate because he'd stopped giving, and I wanted to understand what was going on. You know, been a very faithful giver for 10 years. When I called him up, I learned that six months ago, he had lost his job and he'd lost his wife. And he said, yep. I wish you'd reached out then. I really could have used you. Oh. And the pastor, yep. when he was telling me this, said, I, it's not that I lost out on the donation. I'm not worried about that. I lost out on my primary calling, which is the opportunity to oh. minister my flock, right? And he said, if I yep. had known, the problem was is his church had gotten too large and he wasn't able to connect yep. to everybody and know what was going on in everybody's life. And so he yep. said, if I had been able to understand and able to know what was going on from a, a metrics perspective, I could have reached out sooner and maybe found a way yep. to, to, to minister to him in real time. That's our vision. That's our goal you know, from a data perspective. Right. And, and Amplify is the start of that inside of Amplify yep. from a really technical nerdy perspective, we're building a, a really robust shared data lake with multiple tiers of, uh, of data that kind of gets pulled in and then gets um, formulated uh, a little bit through yep. algorithms to be able to yep. then turn uh, out um, individual member data, um, subsets of data in kind of uh, cohorts. So you could say, hey, show me everybody from 20 to 30 and how they're behaving in certain ways with us. And then also how to do it across churches and across denominations, not by providing people data, but by being able to show trips. The church down the yep. street is winning with 30 to 40 year olds. Why can't yep. I seem to engage them? Th those kind of trips yep. are incredibly valuable. So that's where we're going. And, and the heart of it goes back to that story, which is we wanted yep. to enable that pastoral staff. Again, church ops needs it, sure. Uh, but the pastoral staff needs it too. They need to understand what's going on in the lives of their congregants. Uh -huh. The only way they can minister in real time, and that's done by understanding actionable analytics and insights that they can then go and take action on. That's where we're going. I love it. I love it. Very cool. 
Well, Nathan, it's been so good uh, to to get to know you, uh, to to catch up on your story, to catch up on ministry brands and all that's happening. What else uh, should uh, our listeners know or hear about ministry brands that maybe we haven't we haven't talked about? Yeah, I think uh, the the important thing is is kind of what you've already uh, harped on, which is that that piece of innovation. Um, and at the yeah. end of the day, innovation can't happen in a silo. Uh, innovation yeah. has to happen in partnership with our, our 90,000 customers. The, the customers that yeah. are using us every day, some of them are winning, some of them are losing. And that's where we want to lean in and partner with, with everybody uh, in our environment and outside of our environment to understand as we expand outside of Chirp Chops and focus more in on tools for pastoral staff, tools for congregants, mobile data visualization, et cetera, um, how can we deliver the most value uh, as quickly as possible, right? Yes, uh, and that's that's what we're uh, kind of the, the heartbeat of, of who we are has has become. I'd say that the last thing that I'll mention is kind of behind the scenes, and, and you you mentioned this a little bit, but it's great to work with business people in business, right? Yes, but yeah. in the church business world, right, in the church software world, it's yeah. even better to work with people who have a passion for church. And I'd say that's yeah. the the power of ministry brands. We have seven hundred and fifty associates um, who the the more that I lean in and the more that I meet them. They are passionate about their local churches. They are passionate okay. about whether it's in the Catholic space, their parishes, whether it's okay. in the Protestant space, whether it's in uh, some other denominational space. Um, they are passionate about the, how what we do on a daily basis impacts ministry, and that's what that's yep. that's what we want to do. That's how we want to exist. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I I love that. Love hearing about that. Uh, how how can people people that are interested in learning more about Amplify or connecting with maybe you directly, uh, following you on social media, where, where can they, where should they go from here? Absolutely. So we just recently launched a podcast. You'll be happy to know. We'll have to have you come over. Nice. Uh, it's nice. Church Leadership Lab. Uh, you can find it on any of the podcast places. You can go to YouTube, nice. type that in Church Leadership Lab. Uh, some, some phenomenal content. It's just started coming out. They're really excited about the trajectory there. So definitely check, check that out. Um, I'm uh, on LinkedIn as Nathan James. You guys can find me, uh, at, go to the ministry brands page or Go to my page. Love direct messages. Love to talk to people directly. Um, more than happy to set up phone calls or chats and just get to know people. So uh, if you want to reach out, uh, definitely feel free. We'd love that. Awesome. Well, we we will leave a link uh, to both the podcast and to Nathan's uh, you know LinkedIn account on Social Media Church website. So you go to socialmedia.church uh, and we uh, we will have a link to every, all of that and. You know, all the things that we've talked about in this episode of the podcast. So Nathan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, leading the way and serving uh, church as well. We can't wait. We'll have to have you on regularly to get updates on all that's happening in the world of ministry brands. I love having a face uh, to ministry brands uh, and and really be able to have this conversation. I appreciate you doing it so transparently. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really excited to see what, uh, what comes uh, of all of this innovation. And the future is is bright, uh, and I, I'm so encouraged out of this conversation. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you again on the next episode. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.